0: school in Limpopo which is a no fee school were being taught under trees since January uh, because the dilapidated building posed a threat to the safety of people as well consequently this affected the school and of course as you can imagine lessons have suffered A judge has now ruled that learners must get classrooms and teaching support in three weeks uh, before the uh, third school term begins. For an update on this case, we're now joined on the line by Faranaz Veriava, Head of Education at Section 27. Good evening and welcome to Metro FM Talk, Faranaz. Good
1: evening and thank you for having me.
0: Thank you kindly for making time to speak to us tonight. Faranaz Please briefly tell us about Section 27 and the work that it does.
1: Well, Section 27 um, is a public interest legal NGO, um, which means that we use the law as a tool to advance um, the rights of people in this country. We focus on the poorest people of this country, Mm -hmm. and we focus on two rights in particular – The one is Section 27 in the Constitution, which is the right to health, and that's where we get our name. And the other one, because of its relationship to health, um, but also its relationship to all other rights, is the right to basic education, um, which is the basis for the empowerment of yourself in relation to all your other rights. So we focus on health rights and education rights in particular.
0: All right. Let's zoom in a little more on the case that we're talking about. How did you come to learn about what was happening at this particular school in Limpopo?
1: Yes, well, as you know, um, or as your listeners may know, we have been working in Limpopo for several years now. We led the Limpopo textbook case from 2012, in which we Mm -hmm. eventually won in the Supreme Court of Appeal, where textbooks weren't delivered in Limpopo. So we Great. represented the learners in that case. And more recently, the other high-profile case we've been involved in was the Michael Komape trial, where we represented the family yes.
0: of the, the five-year-old latrine.
1: boy who fell down the train and died. Mm-hmm. So we have quite a presence there, and we are known there. And sometime earlier this year, we were approached by the community of Nonparella, which is a village in the Capricorn district of Limpopo. Mm-hmm. We were approached by the community and members of the SGB of a school called Makangwani Secondary School. Um, and basically, they came to us feeling extremely hopeless and frustrated. Um, the high school operates out of a delipidated and dangerous structure, um, and the community and the SGB, the school governing bodies, have been trying to get the school repaired by the department almost for more than a decade, since 2006. Uh, You know, there's huge gaping holes in the roof, which means when it rains, classes get wet, learners Mm. can't be in the Mm. classroom, desks are damaged, books are damaged, and there's also huge cracks in the wall, not just a normal little crack in the wall, but open cracks in the wall, and the kids have told us, you know, that at points there have been snakes coming out of those walls and all of that. So this has been going on for a long time. And they've had many undertakings from the department that they would fix and repair. But but, but the catalyst to them moving out of the class and under the trees was, I think, as you mentioned at the beginning, where a big portion of the roof blew off and almost yeah. injured the learners. And the community and the parents rightfully had had enough. And they said, we are not putting our learn our children um, under risk, um, and we are going to be learning outside. So they then moved the desks and chairs outside, which obviously means you then are uh, at risk of the elements. There's sure. dogs walking around, goats walking around, um, matric learners that were writing supplementaries wrote under a tree. And then sometime in about March, department officials came and they said uh, to the teachers that they're not allowed to teach under the tree anymore. Mm -hmm. So the community was stuck between a rock and a hard place, and the teachers were stuck between a rock and a hard
0: place. Did the department provide an alternative when they were telling the teachers you're not allowed to teach under trees?
1: No, no. So basically what happened, learning and teaching stopped from then on. And, you know, we even had instances where matric learners that were repeating were teaching other matric learners, but by and large, you know, a large percentage of the classes were not happening a few of the teachers were doing the odd bit of teaching here and there, and coming in um, in a very irregular way. But there was no there was no teaching really happening. So that was the situation when they approached us. Um, and when they approached us, we then wrote to the department and we said we need an interim solution. They had repeatedly promised um, the community mobile classrooms, um, and they you know so we reiterated. That undertaking, uh, and we asked them, are they going to meet that undertaking? We didn't get any response, and it carried on like this for a while. Where we said, we want mobile classrooms, we want a long-term solution, we want a catch-up plan, meaning we want some kind of plan to make up for all the disrupted lessons. This is a high school; learners will be writing the trick, and so forth. And we were by and large just ignored. Um, for I think it was about a two month period and eventually we instituted an application on an urgent basis uh where we asked for uh interim solution being mobile classroom furniture, the catch up plan by the time learners go back now for the third term, and we also asked for a more long term solution, um, where we were open to the different options that the department was prepared to negotiate only when that happened did they start responding to us? And they also tried to force a merger on the neighboring primary school. The neighboring primary school had its own issues and obviously didn't want the high school there. So, you know, it it, it was a very difficult situation. Um, But when we went to court, we got an order that was largely, um, completely in our favor, Mm -hmm. which basically said that mobile classrooms have to be delivered, furniture has to be delivered, the capture plan has to be delivered. And by September this year, the department must give us a plan for a more long-term solution.
0: I, I want us to take two steps back, um, foreigners. We'll, we'll talk about the judgment and its implications. I'm a little yes. worried. You. you the community, because of your presence in Limpopo, approached you. By the time yes. you were approached, a couple of things had happened. The structure had been dilapidated to the point of almost injuring the learners. There were, yes. there were multi-layered issues. Children were already being taught under trees. The department had come in and said, you are not allowed to teach under trees. And are you telling me that teaching stopped and children had to stay home at the recommendation of the department? Is that what I'm hearing?
1: No, I, I, you know, I can't say that children were staying at home. My understanding is that children were going to school every day, but they weren't being taught every day. I
0: see. Okay.
1: And in certain instances, you had some of the teachers showing up and giving lessons. And in certain instances, as I mentioned, we have one of our affidavits tells the story of a young girl who really wants to go to university or really wants further opportunities but she failed her matric once and she's repeating her matric. But what she's doing while she's repeating her matric is also teaching her peers this year. So a learner who failed last year is now giving lessons to a learner this year.
0: Okay, you know, it's, I've got it's, you.
1: it's a disastrous state of affairs and very sad for the future and for the lost opportunities for the learners of Makangwane.
0: It, it It sounds like and feels like a crisis from from every angle you mention it to be. Uh, But thank goodness the judgment happened. A ruling was uh, undertaken that by 17th of July, or by the third term of this year, um, things need to be in order. What exactly are the conditions that the judge laid down for the department?
1: Well, basically... They have to deliver the classrooms by, the mobile classrooms, five mobile classrooms by the beginning right. of term. Um, they also have to make sure that their furniture. They then have to, in consultation with us and the school, look at the gaps that are missing in the curriculum, look that the learners haven't covered, and develop some kind of catch-up plan, which may mean that uh, te- teachers will have to stay in the afternoons or teach on the weekend and give extra lessons to make up for, 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 for the learning and teaching that has been missed. But, you know, it's obviously a difficult situation. And even though there's a court order, we have had um, experiences in the past where government doesn't abide by the court order. So we're hoping that they will respect this court order, and we have no reason uh, to believe that they won't. Uh, But obviously, if we don't have mobile classrooms at the beginning of the third term, we won't hesitate to go back to court.
0: Lovely. I I, I like what is happening in Limpopo because you you happened to hear about this and you went to court and and got the necessary uh, ball rolling. Are there other similar cases, um, foreigners, that you've heard and are taking a look at, similar to this?
1: There are other similar cases all over, um, in particular in the Eastern Cape and in Limpopo. Um, I don't know how many tree schools there are. You know, in the past, 10 years ago, there were quite a few tree schools. I don't know how many schools we can call tree schools, but there are definitely schools all over the country, and in, in particular in the poorest provinces where we are dealing with delipidated infrastructure, which may mean broken classrooms, um You know, there's also during the rainy season, classes get even more damaged because of storm damage and so forth. And there are no emergency measures to fix classes or fix schools, repair schools under those conditions. You know, then there's also the sanitation crisis, as you know. Um, And the sanitation crisis, I think, is um, another disaster, another tragedy Mm. waiting to happen. So, as you know, um, you know the, uh, the, 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 our president, Cyril Ramaphosa, following the death of the little girl, Lumpa Maketwa in March yes. of this year, where another five-year-old fell down a the screen, said there had to be an audit of uh, sanitation in the country and a plan to fix sanitation. Now, that happened in March. That was supposed to be... The plan was supposed to appear three months later. Um, those of us in civil society that have been waiting and have been wanting to hear what the plan is, we haven't heard what the plan is. So that's another big worry for us. So, you know, definitely I think infrastructure is one of the very, very many challenges in basic education that this country faces.
0: Is, Is there a chance for a precautionary measure to be taken, or can you only step in once something has happened and a community has called out for you?
1: I don't uh, can you can you just explain All what right. you mean, please?
0: What needs to happen so that learners don't have to endure such conditions at school? Are there are there precautionary measures that can be taken?
1: Well, you know, in for school infrastructure, following the work that um, equal education has done, they for a long time lobbied for the regulations, uh, for the norms and standards for school infrastructure. Um mm-hmm. And that was passed um, sometime, I think it was in 2013. And that sets out exactly what schools should look like, what the basic minimum standards for um, safe and adequate infrastructure should look like in a school. So what should be happening is that the department should be making sure it's meeting those norms and standards, what, what schools should look like, what sanitation should look like, how many learners there should be per classroom, mm. and so mm. forth. Um, and they are supposed to develop plans every year, and that that meet the standards set out in the norms and standards, and then fix goals uh, based on those plans. And where they are not meeting those plans, um, you know, people like us are now stepping into the fray and starting to take action again. Um, schools and the depart- uh, against the department for not meeting the basic minimum standards. But there is a guide, and what is required is that the department is, follows this guide. Adheres and to the guide.
0: Obligations. Yeah. All right. Her name is Faranaz um, yeah, Varieva, yeah. Head of Education at Section 27. We conclude our discussion after this. The Department of Basic Education has been instructed to deliver mobile classrooms to a remote Limpopo school where pupils had been receiving erratic teaching in dilapidated structures. Judge Muller made this ruling in an urgent application brought by uh, Interest Law Center Section 27, which asks the court to ensure that the learners of Makangwane Secondary School in in the Capricorn District are taught in safe and adequate school facilities by the time the third school term begins. That is on uh, the 17th of July. Now, to date, lessons at the school were irregular or did not occur at all because department officials refused to allow teaching to take place outdoors, that is, under trees, Section 27 said in a statement after the court ruling on Tuesday. Now, the court ordered the department to put in place short-term measures to allow proper and effective teaching and learning to resume by the start of the third school term. Joining us now wrapping up our conversation actually is uh, Farina's Varieva Head of Education at Section 27. Farina's, do we know how far or how much progress has been made in this case um, talking about the fact that the third school term is just, just about to start again?
1: You know, we were in court last week um, and so there's just been a very short lapse of time um, but we will be following up, following it up in the next few days. Nice. Uh, we can't say yet. Uh, we haven't been speaking to government officials in the last few days. We have asked, and it's part of the court order, that the government officials that we will be able to liaise with to ensure that the order is enforced, um, that, that that information is given to us. So we will be following it up in the next day or two. Um, but like I said, you know, to the extent that there are any delays, we won't hesitate but to pursue this matter again in court if necessary.
0: Before we let you go, how can parents, teachers or pupils even, who may be going through something similar, get a hold of Section 27?
1: Section 27, you can, um, you know, we regularly get complaints or queries coming in via Section 27's website, so you can just go to our website. Um, you can call us, um, and you will, there will be someone. We have a host of uh, people um, that paralegals that, were, that are working are uh, during office hours and will give you advice or will direct your complaint to one of the lawyers if necessary.
0: What is the number to dial uh, for us?
1: You know, I don't know it offhand. I'm very sorry. All oh, right, I, we'll go to
0: the website. I,
1: it's a terrible thing for me, but I never remember Section 27's, um phone number. But I think you can just Google it and we'll you do. will be able to get our phone number.
0: I'm very sorry. We'll do so. Not a problem. Thank you ever so much for making time to speak to us tonight, Farhanaz, and good luck. Thank you very much. Thank you. That Bye-bye. is Head of Education at Section 27. Her name is Farhanaz <coughs> Varieva. The time is four minutes to eight. On the other side of this, we begin our monthly date, and it is our sixth talk open line with Dr. T.